This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by the wonderful Nick Levine. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Um, I'm good, but you, the way you looked at me there, you looked at me like I'd like pronounced your surname wrong or something. <laughs> Did I? No, do you know what? I was thinking, is he going to pronounce it wrong? Someone Did I get it right? No, you got it absolutely right. Well, it's not a hard thing to pronounce. But one, <laughs> one of my old bosses used to call me the Divine Levine. And he obviously meant it nicely, like calling someone divine is a massive compliment. But I was like, oh, that doesn't work. Wrong. You yeah. joke, you joke is flawed. So yeah, you're giving me a compliment with one hand, and then kind of, you know, like diminishing me in the other. And I just didn't know how to react, so I just kind of accepted it. I was like Levine for three years. It wasn't enough to make you quit. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that in itself. Uh, Cumulatively, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so, what do for our lovely listeners? Um, what do you do, Nick? Uh, well, I'm a journalist. I started out uh, about 10 years ago as a music journalist. And just over time, I've naturally kind of broadened out just as there's been more opportunities to write about other things. Sure. I'm really interested in LGBT, LGBTQ issues. So I write a lot about that now, yeah. a little bit about film. So I, I normally say music, pop culture and LGBTQ issues. That sounds a bit kind of Wanky. No, but, that's um, a that's a good mix. That's a good mix of things. That's how I normally say it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the whole speaking speaking of LGBTQ plus, um, have you heard about the new proposed acronym? I know this happens a lot. Um, a lot of people are kind of changing things around and saying, oh, maybe we should include this group of people. Um, I understood that the full official acronym couldn't currently stood at LGBTQIAA. P2 plus okay. is what I understood. But there's been a lot of talk about adding in a K. Have you heard about no, this? No, what's the K for? Um, so the K um, represents kink and is supposed to be inclusive okay. of the kink community. Um, and I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts are on this. But I personally don't really believe that the K belongs in there because I think that's more of a kink is more of a sexual practice i would say rather than a sexual identity you know i don't i don't feel like people are born you know somebody isn't born a dominatrix you know that's a as maybe i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that's a learned behavior and also i think you know it's it's about identity and about the way we live our lives and i think kink is a niche a very niche part of that and I, d- I don't think it, it. I don't think it forms our identity, and I don't think it forms who we are. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that disagree with me. I'm sure there are some people listening who disagree with me. If you do, please, please do tweet me um, your thoughts. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested to know what your thoughts are on that. Well, yeah, I mean, my first of all, I should say as a disclaimer, like I don't know a huge amount about kink. Sure. Like the ins and outs of it. Maybe that's the wrong way to phrase it. But. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, like my instant reaction is like a kink is is a part of someone's sexuality, but you could have someone who's completely or almost completely heterosexual who's got yeah. a kink. You could have someone who's completely gay and has a kink. Yeah. So I think it's difficult if you're going to include K in the acronym, like where do you draw the line? Is someone mm-hmm. who in their day to day life lives an in, you know, a very kind of like two point four children, um uh you know, like married, a very, kind of regular job, completely heterosexual, has only ever uh, slept with someone, member of the opposite sex, but yeah. just happens to have 
a kink like they're into being dominated or whatever is that person then becoming part of the community because they have a sexual kink it's i think it's a bit tricky to kind of put kink into lgbtq plus although i get that there might be areas gray areas where it overlaps yeah and i i think i completely agree with you there because you know there are there would be many uh straight white man out there who who would identify with kink and would and i almost feel a little bit uncomfortable of suddenly them being part of our community which is a community of people who have faced oppression um and that's why our community formed so them kind of being a part of that is it it just sits a little bit uncomfortably for me and also like kink being put in there in the first place i think it might be connected to kind of the over sexualization of Mm. gay people of lgbt Mm. plus people um you know we're constantly being over sexualized in the media just everywhere it's just gay people seem to be associated with sex um and yes i'm sitting here hosting a a show (laughs) which is all about sex but um here's here's an example for you sometimes if you're having a conversation with somebody in public i don't know if you've ever noticed this and you say the word sex people say the word sex quite comfortably at a normal volume they're Mm. happy to talk about that in public but when you start talking about gay people people are like yeah so um I wanted to have a conversation about gay sex. Like people, people whisper it. People whisper gay sex like it's this thing to be ashamed of. Mm. Whereas people don't, when they're talking about sex, people are happy to talk about that. But somehow it being gay sex makes it sordid. It makes it yeah. overly sexual. It makes it, it almost like it's a kink in itself and it's not. As if gay sex is somehow taboo, whereas heterosexual yes. sex isn't. Yeah, absolutely. Or I think the other thing you get sometimes is there are so many assumptions made about what gay sexuality is like. Like, I'll have... Sometimes I'll be, like, with my mum's friends at Christmas or something, and they've had a few drinks. And, like, well, this is, like, a woman who's probably, like, in her mid to late 50s. Yeah. Really nice woman, but she'll say something like, look, I've always really wondered, why do gay men have so much sex? <laughs> and A, like, my instant response is I'm mortified. I don't want to talk about this with you. Like, I've known you since I was three or something. Yeah. And then you kind of want to say, well, it's, it's not really as simple as that. And that's a stereotype. Yeah. And I do want to break this down for you. But like on Christmas Eve after like four Prosecco. It's not the time. not the time. Yeah. Not the place. Not I think place we are like, yeah, uh, I think gay men especially are over, over-sexualized. And then sometimes the opposite's true for gay women. Sometimes you hear this awful, especially from sort of clueless white straight guys. Well, I don't know what they do anyway. That kind of awful mentality. Sure, like they don't. Uh, yeah, it's not you, real sex. Yeah, you awful, hear a lot of that. You yeah. know, if it's not, if it's, if there's no penetration involved, which it, basically, if there's no penis entering a hole, people don't consider it to be real sex. Which is, you know, there are millions of lesbian women out there having sex. There are lesbian women having sex right now, and just because <laughs> there's no dicks involved, it doesn't make it any less valid. You know, it it it, it counts. So, um, shout out to those lesbians going at it right now. We support you. We support your right to uh, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> um, you, do you know what? Have you heard of pegging? I only heard about this quite recently. Yeah, of course I've heard of pegging. I've I not heard of this. Never, and it sounds like it was... I read an amazing article on Refinery29, which I should say somewhere like, somewhere I write for, although I didn't write this article. And it was like, it really opened my eyes. I was like, wow, this is a thing that happens now. And good on these straight guys who are getting pegged. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, like, I think... Anal sex has been historically very closely tied to homosexuality, Mm. but actually everybody out there um, 
has what well, most men out there um, have prostates, mm. which you know can be stimulated, can be pleasurable, and I don't think whether you're straight or gay. Um, actually falls into that i think if we took away all of society's kind of taboos and ideas um then oh i just i thought i should just probably explain what pegging is for listeners who don't know it's um it's it's like using a a strap-on or a dildo um but it's most commonly associated with a woman wearing it to have to be the dominant partner having sex with a man so the man would be the receptive partner in the Mm. anal sex and that doesn't make them gay at all yeah did I, I? I feel like I covered it quite well. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like I think everyone should Google pegging, not on their work computers, maybe, but um, when they're at home, because it's if you read articles with people who've tried it, it's so interesting because in this heterosexual relationship, it's totally flipping the dynamic, the, yeah, the power dynamic. I mean, the, the article I read about it, one of the women who tried it said. You know, for one thing, this is a really basic point, but it made me realise how much work it is to like be the person penetrating oh. someone because they because obviously a woman had never experienced that. So it's just it's really there's an interesting psycholo- psychological aspect to it, the yeah. way it flips that, and also like the physical side of things. It kind of gives an insight into what it's like for the other. Sure, and and I, I I'm going to be open about this. I'm not I'm not a top myself, but I've but I've I've tried it, and it is bloody exhausting. <laughs> you know, all these tops out there who are like you know going out to get laid tonight and then I'm, they're going to bang 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 away for 20 minutes or however long they last and I'm like Jesus Christ that's no. that's half a workout that I know it burns a lot of calories you burn a lot more calories if you're a top especially if you've had a drink it's such hard work is it is it harder if you've had a if you've had well, a well I find it but, but but you know I'm not I'm more of a bottom than a top but when I sure. do top yeah it's I find it hard work I guess because I'm not as used to it it's bloody exhausting but then maybe that's because it's not really my thing anyway so <laughs> Um, yeah, and also, like, I, you know, if you're if you're the bottom, if you're the receptive partner, and you're a little bit more dominant, and you're the kind of one who's taking all the control, I guess it's, I guess it could be a workout for the yeah, totally bottom partner as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that um, a woman for the first time is kind of having the experience of of almost being a penis owner yeah. and and having sex with somebody and going, oh gosh, this is this it's a totally is different movement. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it was so fascinating because there's just so many things you don't think about yeah um, absolutely yeah um, and going back to your journalism that yes. it must be a really really difficult and competitive industry to get in and also i've noticed that there's like a lot of journalists are almost like becoming celebrities in their own right now i'm seeing mm. a lot of this on social media where there's these almost like celebrity journalists and people look out for their names and they they themselves are like coming under so much fire and things for their for their opinions or the pieces they write or the articles they write. And I think that's, and I think, again, that's something that the age of social media has brought. I don't think that's something we perhaps had 10, 15 years ago when it wasn't so accessible. But now, you know, you can you can read an article from a journalist and then you can go straight on Twitter mm. and tell that journalist specifically exactly what you think, where you couldn't do that if you were reading a newspaper or a magazine. Yeah. So has it been kind of a difficult industry, I guess, to navigate? Yeah, I think it is competitive. Um, it's about, like, I'm freelance at the moment. I've been freelance for a few years. I haven't always been freelance. I've had, uh, like, full-time journalism jobs as well. With being freelance, it's basically about um, saying yes to as much stuff as possible because, yeah. like, being an actor or something, you don't know when the next piece of work's going to come in. So you kind of get to a stage where, 
hopefully you're established enough that you don't have to say yes to absolutely everything. Yeah. You can say no to stuff. I mean, I would never have said no to something that I found like abhorrent to write or sure. something that I knew I couldn't write about because I just don't have the knowledge. Like if someone said, oh, you know, like write an article about football, it's not going to happen. But um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just about getting to a stage where you've got a bit more kind of, you can have a bit more of a choice over what you do. And yeah, it is competitive. Um, Sometimes you pitch something that's a really great idea. You've got the right idea for the right outlet and someone's got there like a day before. Mm. And honestly, because like uh, it is a little community, sometimes that's your friend who might have written. Yeah, sure. I mean, which is, you know, but it doesn't have to be. I don't experience much nastiness in the sense of most of the other journalists who are operating the same kind of field. Like they're either like people I think of fondly or they're like my actual good friends. So it's kind of a nice sense of community and like, if one of my friends has written a really great piece, I'm always going to want to tweet it out and yeah, share that, it. Yeah, and that's nice. And that's yeah, my nice. friend interviewed like Ollie Alexander from years and years last week, oh. and it was a really great interview. So of course I'm going to share that. Like, why wouldn't I? It's just sure. You know. And can we talk about Ollie Alexander <laughs> from years and years? Because we started off the show there with their new song "Sanctify," um, which is an amazing song that I've been listening to on repeat. Um, and apparently, this song is. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. I feel like you, you, you're, you're more au okay fait with these things. But apparently <laughs> it's about um, the kind of being a gay man and, 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 and sleeping with a, with a straight man or perhaps a gay man who is identifying as straight because they haven't come out yet. Um, and I, I think that's really... It's very subtle. I mean, it is there in the lyrics because when I heard that, I was like, oh, is it? And then I listened back and I went, oh, yeah, I see how that fits into that. But I think, I think that's almost quite a controversial idea to approach yeah i think it's probably just because um you know no one's really written a song about that before Mm. and years and years are such a huge act ollie's you know such a kind of figurehead now that yeah people will talk about that i mean um obviously you can hear that song and not not kind of grasp that but equally like when someone tells you that it's an amazing kind of um you make you think, wow, like, oh my god, can I believe the the song's about that? And yeah. I think that's such a, a a subtly powerful thing. Actually, like, one of the songs I've picked to play later is "Fast Love" by George Michael. Now, yeah, that song came out when I was about eleven or twelve, and uh, I grew up just outside London. And the only radio station my mum would ever play was Capital. It was on in her car <laughs> constantly. And Capital absolutely loved George Michael because he was like a London-born artist who'd become this massive superstar all around the world. So Fast Love, which was a huge number one hit in the UK, they played for like a year and a half. It was just on constant rotation. And like that song was like fucking ingrained into my psyche or something. And it was only like when I was later, when I was about, I don't know, like 20, 21... Uh, I put this song on at, like in my room or something at uni and one of my friends was like, oh, you do know this song's about him going on, going cruising on Hampstead Heath? I was like, what? Yeah. And it c- completely blew my mind and I feel like something like Sanctify could do that for someone else, like some other like young queer kid who, um, you know, loves years and years, goes and like Googles those lyrics, goes on yeah. Genius and it's like, oh my God, this song I'm hearing everywhere uh, this is what it. This yeah, is what it means. It's, it's about it's something about. that's queer. I mean, I just think it's such a powerful thing to be able to do that in a pop song that's going to become a huge mainstream hit. Yeah, and and and, and, and you're absolutely right. And I think um, a lot of people almost like recoil when they hear that you know, um, in George Michael's case, that this song is about cruising on Hampstead Heath, or with Ollie Alexander, this song is about sleeping with a straight guy. People almost like 
recoil and they become so uncomfortable about that. But actually, these are experiences that hundreds of thousands, millions probably, of gay men or people in general around the world experience. And I think, you know, that's what music's for. Music is about sharing the human experience. And just because we're gay, again, it's, it's kind of looping back to what we were talking about earlier with the over-sexualization of gay people. You know, just because we're gay, why can't we talk about these yeah, experiences? Um, and as well, and I've, I've said this before, and people didn't like it, so it's, it's maybe a little bit of a controversial opinion, but I feel like George Michael was such an outspoken, he was so, he put himself out there and he put his sexuality out there. He was like, you know, I'm a gay man and he talked about sex and he was so open about that. And I, I think he really, it was groundbreaking. And, you know, tragically, we've lost him now. And I've kind of been saying, you know, who have we got now? Who have we got who is really adamantly like, talking about their sexuality and their sex life because I think it is important and you know I think people like Ollie Alexander are now coming forward and the the controversial thing is that I think you know that Ollie has the potential to be like the next George Michael in in that capacity and in, in him being so open about his sexuality because I've I've listened to his interviews I've seen his documentaries and he's just so unapologetic about it and I feel like th- that there's so much apologizing for being gay there's so much apologizing for being gay and having sex and it's and it's great to see someone with such a big presence just being like yeah i'm a i'm a guy and i fuck guys i think he literally tweeted that <laughs> once i think he said something I, i'll need to find the tweet later but he said something like i'm a guy and i i love to fuck men like that that was the tweet and like that's what we need you know we need somebody being like yeah we we we're gay men and and yes we have sex like the rest of you i think what you see with uh with Ollie Alexander and Troy Sivan is it's just it exposes what total bullshit this argument is that if uh, a male pop star talks about having sex with other men it's going to put off the female fan base that is such bollocks oh, I've been nonsense to Troy Sivan shows I've been to years and years shows and there's huge numbers of teenage girls there yeah probably that's the predominant audience yeah. almost so I just think it completely once and for all ends this argument that oh you know you can't come out as gay it's going to like it's going to put off your fan base it's bollocks it's absolutely not and like if if you know if you're really relying on the whole like oh you're relying on teenage girls to have a crush on the pop star or whatever to to sell records but like there's still thousands and thousands of girls crushing on ali alexander and troy savan like it doesn't make a difference what sexuality they are it'd be like me saying oh i can't have a crush on sean mendes because he's straight like uh, no, like, of course I still have a crush on him. Like, he's beautiful, and I like to listen to his music and look at his beautiful face. It's a, a little bit misogynistic in a way, because it, it almost kind of implies that teenage girls only like a performer because they think they might be able to, like, kiss him or have sex with him. I mean, being a pop fan is about so much more than just fancying someone. That is part of it, but... It, yeah, I think it's a really reductive way of looking at the relationship between, uh, you know, a teenage girl and a pop star. Yeah, absolutely. Well, since we're talking so much about music, should we have a little bit? <laughs> this is, a, a, again, another great person for talking about sex and sexuality. This is Emily K, and this is Tongue. Swimming pool of passion, mutual attraction. I think you're the one. Ah, uh, I love that song so much. And again, like, just what we were talking about just there, like, uh, just this, like, yes, like, celebrate sexuality and celebrate gay men. It's, it's a good thing. And the music video for that, have you seen it? Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, It's on, a real pop video. Yeah, it's on point. All right, Nick, um, I want to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought we'd play a little bit of Two Truths, 
one lie. Um, so for anyone listening who doesn't know how this game works, Nick has prepared three facts about himself. Um, two of them are completely true, and one of them he has fabricated in his little mind. Um, so are you ready to play, Nick? I'm ready. Okay. Reigns over to you. Okay, so three facts. Yes. Okay, so the first one is that I've had sex on the underground. On the London Underground? On the London Underground, the Northern Line. <laughs> the Northern Line specifically. <laughs> um, okay, wait, wait, just give me a minute to think about this. Wait, so I'm assuming this must have happened... It's Night Tube. Are we talking Night Tube? Yes. Okay, um, which is a fairly recent thing. Um, yes. The Night Tube's only been, what, about a, going about a year now? Not yeah, that long. Yeah, only about a year. So fairly recently. Um, there was no one else around, I'm assuming? There was no one else around. So you had like a little carriage all to yourself? It, well, it, it might not have been on the carriage. It could have been on the platform. Oh. You see what I mean? On the underground. If we took the underground network as opposed to literally... Sure. Well, now, okay. So it, I feel like doing it on the train would be hot as hell, but so risky because it's about, what, two minutes between each stop? And yeah, like, unless you're kind of when you get a bit further out and then, you know... And then it takes a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, that's not a lot of time. And then the doors will open and there could be somebody standing <laughs> there. <laughs> who could come in and join you. So risky, but like the fear of getting caught on that would be incredible. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, is it, I assume it's not legal to have sex on the London Underground. I'm going to guess that it's not. I, I would presume it's not. I mean, you're not allowed to drink alcohol on the Underground, so I, it would be bizarre. I did not know this. I did not know that that was a thing. Um, and that was something me and my friends always used to do. We'd have pre-drinks in the house and we'd get on the tube with the one for the road and mm. we'd sit on the tube and we'd drink our drinks on our way to the club. And then um, I invited my friend out with us who was a police officer. And I was like, right, everyone, get your drinks. We're going to the <laughs> tube. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? W- what are you doing? And I was like, well, we, you know, we'll take a drink with, on the tube with us. And uh, he said, um, no, that's absolutely illegal. Um, and you'll have my badge. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, maybe no drinks on the tube. But I didn't know that. Like, I feel like, but you're not. That, that's the thing with the law. You're not allowed to um, claim ignorance. No, exactly. Which is, it's tri- nobody knows all the laws. No. I feel like we've probably broken a law here in the studio already, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the, so your first one is you've had sex on the London Underground. Mm, I feel like that could be a lie, but let's let's hear your others. Uh, my second one is I have never had sex with a woman. Okay, me neither. Um, are we talk- full sex, or you've just never done anything sexual with a woman? I mean, yeah, with nothing. I mean, oh. nothing really remotely sexual. Okay, so like maybe you've like touched a breast or I've, something. Yeah, I've touched a breast. You've touched a breast. Yeah. I've also touched a breast. Um, okay, well, I think feel like that's very plausible ineptly i've touched a breast ineptly it was probably awful (laughs) um yeah i feel like that's plausible um i've never done anything sexual with a woman a lot of my friends haven't um a lot of my a lot of my gay friends have though so that could go either way okay what's your third one my third one is that i lost my virginity to the disco song bad girls by donna summer Bad girls, that one. Yes, it's actually a song about prostitutes which is quite a weird thing to be listening to when you're having sex because i I, obviously I was having sex with a man I was maybe feeling a bit guilty anyway like kind of built in and I'm hearing a song about like prostitutes and, and it's kind a, of that's the one that starts with the toot toot hey yeah. beep beep yeah. I didn't know that was about prostitutes yeah like the bad girls are like uh, like girls on the corner of the street and like on Sunset Boulevard ah. in LA that's what it's inspired by, by by like working girls and like the song is kind of about um, 
like Donna Summer is draw, drawing comparisons between like the aspiring actresses in LA who oh. who are trying to get ahead and prostitutes who are going to LA who are obviously not, they probably didn't come t- to be prostitutes. Yeah, and, and they're trying to get ahead. All, everyone's just trying to make it in life in a tough city. Sure. Quite wow, quite, like hum, quite a human song. For, this is why you're a music journalist. Like, like who know who know who knows that information? Like fucking geeks who like hear a song and like like I mean, imagine this. I probably like came back from like losing my virginity and was like googling like what's bad girls like on the summer about? <laughs> like, fucking loser. And this is what my this is the information my brain retains. Nothing else like facts about songs like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that information. I think that I think that's I think that's dinner party worthy story right there. All right, so you lost your was it a deliberate decision to lose your virginity to this song? It was just on in the background yeah so what happened was i um i'd been out at the old gay at the astoria which was before before gay was at heaven it was at the astoria the story has now been like bulldozed for crossrail and wait, um, wait, how long ago was this i mean this was like uh probably like 15 years ago you're not old enough to have lost your virginity 15 years yeah, ago i'm 33 so this was when you I are was not 33 five. Nick, you like look all the right very things. dashing. You look 32. <laughs> <laughs> 32 and a half, I would, I would have guessed. So it was a, it was a long time ago. And like, I didn't. I grew up out, just outside London and I was in London for the night and I went home with this guy and we got on the night bus and it went somewhere like I'd never heard of before, which was Mile End. It's like, where the fuck's Mile End? And I drank too much. I was a real lightweight um, and I was starting to already feel like sick and hungover on, yeah. on the night bus. And then we came in and he put on like heart radios like disco classics oh, and, I, no. and I just think I think the reason I remember the song is because I was so concentrating on not being sick that yeah. I was just like the radio was like what kind of kept me in, in the zone I was probably absolutely awful I mean it was just isn't it's so interesting that you you remember those little things as well yeah. like I remember like my first time and to, like we we had a TV on in the background yeah. but I can like literally oh yeah. my god I'm going to get graphic again but I can literally remember what the people on the TV were saying like the exact words they were saying as he was you know slipping it in like that's the level of detail I can remember because I think it's it is a monumentous thing here's no here's a, it's someone else's story so I can't say their name because it's I shouldn't share someone else's story but this is amazing I was having a conversation when I was at uni about uh, Princess Diana. And oh, God. What, what a massive deal it was when she died. And <laughs> no joke, one of my female friends at uni was like, oh, I just remember at the time like not knowing what the fuss was about. I was upstairs losing my virginity while my mum was watching the funeral downstairs. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, that is... Oh my I God! Can't process this. I was like eight <laughs> years old when that happened. This, this girl was about, she was about fourteen, so she was young to be. Oh losing her my God! I just I, thought, what? Uh, I, I remember thinking like last <laughs> last year when there were all the all the kind of Diana stuff for the twentieth anniversary of her death, and like you, you're seeing all those images. I was thinking, is that what she's going to be thinking about every time she sees Diana on TV? She's going to be thinking about you know, yeah, her first time. I'm I, I I'm concerned, Nick, that this 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 is a show predominantly about sex, and this is the third time Princess Diana has come up. <laughs> And I, I don't know why everyone wants to talk about Princess Diana on this show, um, but they do. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move away, um, away from Diana, from the beloved princess for now. The people's princess. The people's princess. Um, okay, so one of these is a lie. I feel like that third one you just told me. The level of detail <laughs> and honesty, <laughs> I feel, is absolutely true. So I'm gonna say that that one is true. You did lose your virginity to Bad Girls by Donna Summer. Um, what was your first one again? Uh, that I had sex on the underground. Oh, so I'm also yeah. I'm going to say that that is true as 
No, wait. No, I'm going to say, oh, I don't know. I don't believe you've had sex with a woman. <laughs> I, I just, I can't, I can't visualise that. So I'm going to say that that one is false and that you have had sex on the London Underground. But I... Final answer. Okay. Well, I haven't had sex on the London Underground, apparently. That was a lie. Oh, no. Yeah. So you... Ha- I do know people who have. I haven't had sex with a woman. Oh, so the third one was the lie. No, that was true. No, my it was my second one was that I have never had sex with a woman, which is true. So which is the lie? The, the first one. Okay, yeah. I find this game very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know people who have. Had sex with a woman? No, have had... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, I know people who've had sex in the underground. Yeah, really? Like, on the actual trains or just, I, like, underneath? I, someone I know was was wanked off on a packed rush hour central line tube train um like oh the guy basically was wanking him over his jeans and the in the end my friend had to move the guy's hands away because he's worried he's going to come and he's like this is ridiculous it kind of it was like one of these things where like they they kind of both vaguely recognized each other from grind and i think it was one of those things where it's like how far can I push this? How far can I push this? And yeah. Break, and in the end, they were just like, it had to stop. Oh, my gosh. Like, it, it sounds hot, but I just, I couldn't, I don't think I could ever. Like, I would be, no. I would be, I would be so nervous of somebody seeing that it would, you know, it would stop being hot. It would stop being fun. It would just, like, take it away from me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things that it's like, we should probably like make the serious point that there's a lot. There's a lot of women who end up getting groped on the underground against their yes. wishes, and this wasn't that situation. It was definitely consensual, but it just they both. Well, my friend certainly stopped it when he thought, "Okay, like, I, well, basically, I can't go to wear jizz in my pants." Yeah. Well, we're we're, we're all we're all about consent here, so 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 that's very good to hear. Um, I feel like we've spilled a lot of secrets here, Nick. All my um, friends' secrets. I'm not going to have any left by the end of the show. <laughs> um, if you are listening at home and you want to spill some of your own secrets, you can do that by emailing Callum at fubarradio.com. We're going to be reacting to your juiciest sex confessions a little bit later on. It is completely anonymous, though, so don't worry about us sharing your name or your personal details with anyone. We'll be doing that at the end of the show, so do um, email us your best or your worst, depending on the way you look at it. All right, should we have... Um, we were talking about George Michael a bit earlier, so should we have a little bit of fast love in his honour? Say yes, Nick. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Love, love, love a bit of George Michael. Um, we're going to be playing a very fun game now, Nick. This is this cool. is this is this is everybody's favourite game. Everybody loves this game. Uh, this is porn or not porn. Okay. Um, in this game, I have got um, lots of cl- little sound bites. Some of them are from pornography, and some of them are not from pornography and you're going to have to try and figure out <laughs> which ones are which um and because um i'm uh, do you do, do you have a crush on Ali alexander um yeah do you know what like i didn't and then when i saw him live and saw how kind of 
mesmerizing in how he moved than I did. I didn't before that. It's when I saw him live, it kind of put the seed in my head. Sure, like when, when I saw him perform at Mighty Hoopla, did you see him perform yes. there? Um, in those hot pants, gold the, hot pants. Uh, in little tiny gold hot pants, covered in body glitter. Yes. And it was just his, just the way he moves is so like sexual. And the and, confidence, I think the, yeah, confidence the confidence is really sexy. Absolutely, um, just incredible. I honestly think that performance is the best performance I've ever seen. Ever, of anyone. Um, and it was just because of that, because it, it was so queer. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just an amazing thing. Um, so, um, we've decided to theme this week's Porn or Not Porn around the lovely Ollie himself. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be thrilled. <laughs> should be absolutely over the moon if he knew we were doing this. Um, so, some of these are from porn, and some of these are Ollie Alexander in interviews and <laughs> other things. You're going to have to figure out which are which. Would you like your first one? Yes, go for it. Okay, here you go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. I think Ooh. That, that <laughs> I, I like, I need that as like my ringtone. When somebody texts me, I need that noise to come through. <laughs> I think this game's quite dangerous because you've got all these porn noises and Ollie sounding porny. And if you fancy Ollie, it's just too much. It's, it, I know. It's, it's, it's just, yeah. I'm I like, may get a semi halfway yeah, through exactly. this game. Exactly. I'm going to keep my hands on my head to see <laughs> where you can see them. <laughs> um, what, are we, what are we thinking with this one? I think that's Ollie. Uh, yeah. I, it just is a bit, I mean, it could be porns, but it, yeah, I think it's Ollie. If this turned out not to be Ollie, <laughs> I would be, should we have it one more time? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh I hope people make that 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 specific noise um during sex. So you think this is Ollie? I do. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. That was Ollie. All right, your next one is <laughs> I haven't heard these by the way. I'm very I'm very excited. Oh. Mm. I mean my instant thought is it's porn, but it could be a kind of like sort of just a kind of like a sigh, like a sigh during an interview. Yeah, or... there's a lot of this like background noise going on. Mm. Yeah. I'm hearing mm, yeah, but like you know, he could be just agreeing with somebody in an interview. Mm. Or he could be doing like a kind of you know like just like testing his mic out or something. Sound check. Sound check. That's the word. I was sound check. For. Yeah, he could just be doing that. Mm. It does kind of sound like Ollie. <laughs> does yeah. does does kind of sound a little bit like him. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, I'd say it's porn, but it, if it was Ollie, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised and I would be, you know, pleased. Hmm. So what are you going to say? What's I'm, your final answer? I'm going to say it's porn. You're absolutely Yay. correct. That is um, from a lovely porno called Hard On Male Moan. <laughs> My favourite. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your next one is. Oh. Fuck. Gosh. Oh. What the fuck is that? Again, this could be like sound check, could be like an interview. Oh. Are you hearing a bit of Ollie's lovely, lovely voice there? Oh. I, d- I mean, it sounds like something from like a sci-fi film, sci-fi mm. porn. I feel like I feel like um, Ollie's voice is very. It's very like. God, I sound like such a little fanboy, but like it's it's like caramelly. Yeah. And I I'm not hearing that, those caramel tones You're coming through here. You're not hearing that. You know, it's, that's quite rough, you know? Do you know what that does sound like? It sounds like a bit like the kind of, you know, Scissor Sisters, 
filthy gorgeous as these kind of sounds at the start because which is i guess could be porn it sounds a bit like that i have no idea what you're talking okay, about like, i know the song yeah. but i can't this think is of... kind of like i mean it's just in the video this is kind of like these sex noises and sure um that's what it sounds to yeah that video left quite an impression on me so like mm. um so yeah. are you thinking like this could be like from a music video or something no i think it's probably it could i think it's porn probably but it, yeah because there are those like interludes that i i can't think what which song it is now maybe shelter or something one of the years and years songs has like a in the middle it has like a little when you watch the music video it has like a little dramatic yeah. interlude yeah, yeah. so you know you oh. could have a bit of could have a bit of that going on i'm Re- really trying to sway you here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i still think i think it's porn yeah yeah correct it is um and this is from a lovely little ditty called okay he has to seriously f- feel so fucking good and he moans so cool that's so catchy. It's a, it's a foot fetish video. Um, wow. They've really worked hard on that title. But that's easy to find on Amazon. <laughs> I just... Porn titles are literally so my favourite. And often misleading. Misleading? Yeah. You know you know how we talk about, like, clickbait out yes. there? Um, and I feel like in the world of YouTube and things like that, there's a lot of clickbait. People, you know, they put a thumbnail there, they put a title there, and then you click into it, and you, you're basically not being given what you're promised at all. What you want, yeah. I feel like the world of porn takes that to a whole new level. So I'm talking, you know, you, these kind of websites where there's, like, they pull all different porn together. Because they're trying to get as many kind of terms that people are aroused by in one thing. Yeah, but, okay. like, sometimes it's like... I may click on... I mean, I wouldn't, but... I may click on something that would be, like, shower foot fetish three or something, and then I click in. There's no shower. There's no foot <laughs> fetish. There's, it's not the third one. They're, they're just lying to me, and I find it very, very frustrating. It's out of order, isn't it? It's, it's so out it's of order. It's not on <laughs> for the people who are looking... searching for their particular kink. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and they can't find it. It's, it's, it's hard yeah. work. And I, I find a couple of my kinks are very hard to find. So it's, it's really upsetting. <laughs> it's really, really hard for me. All right, your next Ollie or porn is... Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Mm. I think that's Ollie sounding a bit unimpressed. <laughs> I think it is. I feel like that's him. Somebody asking him like a really dumb I think, question. Yeah. Mm. I think someone's just to ask Ollie if he's gay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> or or maybe he's like ag- like agreeing with something, but he's not really sure. I th- I feel like it could be him. Do you know, it could be that thing where like someone asks you a question and also something like, "Oh, you think this, don't you?" And you you don't, but you don't want to outright. You don't want to completely disagree with them. So you kind of go, hmm, well, actually, that's yeah. what I mean. He's kind of just about to pivot and say, like, I don't agree with what you've said. He's but having in a, polite a little way. pause, yeah, it's absolutely. It's a polite pivot sound. Mm. But we're, I, I, oh, <laughs> are we both in agreement that this is uh, our lovely Ollie Alexander? Yeah, I think it's Ollie. Absolutely correct. Nick, four out of four. You've got one more to go. Oh, no, um, it's pressure now. If you get I this wanna... last one. But like, listen, listen, listen to our Ollie clips because he's got such a distinct voice. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Yeah, all right. Okay, your last one is... Uh, oh. I think that's the hardest one of the five. Uh, which I... <laughs> obviously, we're going to make the last one hard, Nick. I, yeah, because that could be either. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was porn or if it was Ollie. Mm. So, but what do you think is happening here? Play, play this out for me. So if this is porn, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> I think it's self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on there? But if this is Ollie, what what could it be? Uh, 
it, well, it's, it's like a, a, a sound of exertion, isn't it? Like mixed with pleasure. Sure. So like Ollie could just be really enjoying himself on stage. He could have just done like a dancey bit and he's, you know, he's or he's just like sung like a hard line. He's just kind of he's exerting, but he's enjoying himself. Or it could be someone who's getting close, basically. Mm, mm. So, I mean, it, again, I hear I feel the the, the voice here uh, is a. Uh, it's loud as well. It's like it's here. It's like, where is it? <laughs> Nick um, Nick quivers every single time I so push this button. It's so loud. <laughs> I feel like... like, uh, like I feel... Someone's about to come behind me and I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hearing his kind of like twangy, like... I don't know how to describe it, but he's got quite a raspy voice and it's. It, it, I'm not hearing it here. So I don't know how I feel. I mean, I've got the answer in front of me, but, you know. Yeah, I think... I. I'd go with porn. Although, yeah, I think that is definitely the most difficult of the five. So is that your final answer, Nick? Yeah, it'll be my final answer. <coughs> I'm <gasps> so disappointed. <sighs> I wanted you to get five out of five. five. But no, that was Ollie Alexander. And that was um, an interview with NME, <laughs> who I believe you write for. I interviewed years and years for NME. But I don't think I'm, I can't have done that because I don't remember. I don't think I ever did an interview with, for NME with years and years that it was recorded. Can I you imagine if this was from one of your interviews <laughs> and you were just sat there and were completely oblivious to that? Just need to listen to that one more time. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm puzzled as to what is going on there. But um, Actually, now he sounds a bit, like, exasperated, which makes you think, shit, is it me interviewing him? He doesn't like what's happening. Because <laughs> he sounds a bit, ugh. So how, how was interviewing years and years? Uh, yeah, it was really good. Like, um, it, they had... Um, so, like, the album had come out. Um, Communion? Ki- yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they've only had one. Yeah, the album had come out. King had been number one. Shine had come out. So they, And it was just when, like, people were starting to really kind of um, respect Ollie as a voice, like, sure. I, I mean, like an activist voice. So they were kind of just kind of becoming massive. And it was for the cover of Enemy, who were um, a magazine who hadn't really been on board with them at the start. Um, and Not because been, of Ollie's sexuality? No, just because they hadn't really, like... They, they they had underestimated them, let's say, musically. I'd always been a fan. Um, some people at Enemy hadn't been. And Enemy kind of completely changed their mind and put them on the cover. So it was like a it was a really great thing. Mm. And I I hadn't interviewed the band at that point, even though I'd been a really big fan. So it's really exciting for me as well. Sure. And mm. and, and you said that, uh, you know, Ollie was kind of becoming a predominant, like as a, as a voice, you know, mm. an, an activist, if you will. Um, did you get to kind of dig into that? Yeah, and we spoke because I mean, as much as he's become uh, an advocate for queer issues, he's also an advocate for mental health issues. He's spoken yeah, absolutely really eloquently about um, the you know the problems he's faced over the years. So yeah, we got a chance to kind of talk about everything, and that's what's really great about someone like him. You can talk about really serious stuff. And then you could, like, geek out over Britney the next minute and it doesn't feel incongruous. You can just... He's, he can kind of just talk about anything in a really natural and uh, compelling way. Sure. Um, this, what, this is completely unrelated to uh, Ollie Alexander, but I just, I just had to bring this up because it is, it's, it's basically my, been my favourite thing this past week. Have you seen what happened with Kim Kardashian and the wig drama? 
Have what? you seen no, this? No, I haven't. It's it's the most hilarious thing. So basically, you know, people are using wig now. It's like a it's a compliment. It's short for you know you snatched my wig. Oh my god, wig! Yeah, my my wig flew. Yeah, like wig. It's it's for anyone listening. It's it's a compliment. You say wig, and it's it's a good thing. Um, so Kim Kardashian's obviously been posting pictures as she does on Instagram, and loads of people out there have been just you know commenting wig, like in a good way, <laughs> complimenting her like this is an amazing picture, wig. Um, and in response to this, because she was just getting flooded, you know, she gets tens of thousands of comments and mm. she was just getting flooded with wig, 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 wig. And I guess she wasn't really familiar with the gay slang um, and she wasn't aware what that meant. Um, and she actually, <laughs> she, <laughs> she made like a little 20 second video and put it online. Um, just like talking. She, she seemed actually quite upset, which kind of like, I was like, oh, baby girl, like, we're, we're complimenting you. This isn't a bad thing. Um, but she's basically saying, and she's, she, she's pissed off. She's like, I've had it with this wig shit. Like, why are you all saying I'm wearing a wig? I'm not wearing a wig. This is my real hair. And then she literally starts yanking on her own scalp to prove that she's not wearing a wig. Um, so God, God bless her, Kim K. I mean, queen of social media, but she needs to, she needs to get on it with the... With the gay lingo and the and the gay slang, uh, do you know, I've heard I've heard something very similar happen to a female pop singer whose name I won't mention because I don't want to be rude. But I went to interview her last year, and she just released her first single in a while, and all her fans were going crazy for it and yeah. tweeting stuff like "wig," "oh my god, you snatched my wig," "I'm bald," and she, this thing this thing was like. <laughs> I just don't understand why my song coming out is making people's hair fall out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, okay, where do I start? And she was really embarrassed when I, that she didn't know what the term meant. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is a thing that if you didn't know that particular vernacular, like you would be like baffled by it. Sure, sure. But I think w- Wig is like having a moment now because of that um, American Idol clip where the guy, have you seen it? Uh, I'm not sure which one. So they, like, the American Idol's just come back in the States. Katy Perry's one of the judges. And yeah. this guy. Um, oh my God, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, I have you seen know, it. The, the guy comes in. I mean, it's, I think we're safe to say this guy's gay. He walks in and just in the mere sight of Katy Perry in front of him, he's like, oh my God, Wig. And Katy Perry's like, yeah, Wig. And like Lionel Richie and the other judge who's some country singer is like, what the hell is wig and Katy Perry? Oh, it's uh, just for us. This is our this is our language. It's not for you, like Lionel. It's not for you, country dude. And I'm so and I'm so pleased that Katie is on board. <laughs> K- Katie knows what's what. Katie understands. Imagine if she hadn't. Imagine if with the camera, thing, she'd be like, "No, it's my beach bum crop." I'm so more. I'm glad. I'm really relieved that Katie knew what wig meant. Yeah, and I, and I'm really pleased that the gays as a collective have have confused a lot of people. <laughs> It's 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 what we do best. Um, I think we should have a little bit more music, Nick. Um, yes. And this is a little bit of "I'm a Slave for You" yes. by the little old Queen, Britney Spears. Ooh. <laughs> I know I may be young. Fubar Radio presents. Film is from Sean Walsh and Mark Seven. Red Sparrow. This came out of nowhere. Mm. Like, I didn't, didn't know about this film, and then suddenly, bang! Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. What yeah. the hell is it? I know nothing about it. She is the niece of a someone really high up in the Russian government, and he manipulates her into having to train as one of his sparrows. So she goes into training about how to be seductive. It is a really sexy film. Did you get an erection? Just be honest. You did. You definitely got an erection. I got half a one. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> no, oh. Every Friday. Film is from Sean Walsh and Mark Simmons. From 1pm. Fubar Radio. 
So now we are going to be joined by our lovely guest all the way from Australia. We're joined now by Luca Griffin. How are you doing, Luca? Hi, g'day, mate. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Oh, I love, I love, I love that you started with g'day, mate. That's that's the most Australian thing I've <laughs> ever ever heard. Yeah, it only seems appropriate. <laughs> um, so I'm joined um, here in the studio with Nick Levine, who is an incredible journalist. And today we just kind of wanted to talk about. Um, I know you kind of you've been like contributing to books, and you've been kind of making your presence known over in Australia. So do you want to tell us a little bit about like what you do and who you are and all of those great things? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm pretty much just a young trans kid from North Queensland, and uh, within that, I was like, okay, cool. There is a really strong lack of uh, trans people within the Australian community, or you know, trans people and particularly young ones who are quite open. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. There's a lack within that. Uh, sure. Let me fill this void. <laughs> um, yeah, so I came out when I was quite young, about 14. Okay. Uh, and from that, I started to medically transition and socially transition. Um, and I was always quite open with that. Over the last probably year and a half, I've sort of, um, you know, contributed to this amazing book, which was a really cool opportunity. And I think, yeah, it was really important for me to do that just because, you know, I think within our media, we don't really focus on Australia at all. Mm. I think we are quite isolated geographically and therefore, you know, um, sort of don't have the best access to a lot of the media that maybe Europe or America has. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you think that, um, because obviously there was the the marriage referendum over in Australia, do you think that kind of encouraged people to talk more about wider LGBT plus issues, like like trans issues, for instance? Do you think that kind of got the media to pay attention to what was happening in Australia? Yeah, uh, yes and no. I think the referendum was really interesting because... uh, we had lots of people within the community saying we really don't want this referendum. Um, sure. Why can't our parliament just, you know, uh, well, put it through parliament themselves and not have to spend all this money? So within that, we had this conversation within the LGBTQ community about, okay, cool, why do we actually want this? Are we going to vote yes? That sort of thing. Um, and then within that, it started a conversation within the greater media about, you know, like you said, LGBTQ issues. Um, and then trans people came under that. While the referendum was happening, we had um, this legislative change where previously any person who is trans under the age of 18 that wanted to access uh, estrogen or testosterone yeah. um, would have to go through you know, the family court process, which is a really, really long court process. I went through it. It was oh really, really long. <laughs> um, and that was pretty much abolished during this time of the referendum. So do you think so it, was it was like two major things for the community happening at once? Um, do you th- but do you think it was do you think it was almost overshadowed slightly by the kind of marriage referendum because I, I you know I, I you know I, I I read up on these things and I I wasn't actually aware that that was going on at the same time. So do you think it was overshadowed slightly? Yeah, um I think it was quite overshadowed. Not in a bad way i think it is sort of um like you could sort of tell it was going to happen yeah uh because within australia we don't really focus on trans people there's not really a huge 
um, understanding around us, and I think you know I'm I'm trying to change that one step at a time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think people to begin with in the wider spread community in the you know um, wider community didn't understand that there was a family court process involved at all, and then for it to be abolished, I think everyone was just like, okay, cool, that happened, great, thanks. Yes, yeah. So it's 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 a it's a positive thing. Um, you yeah. c- coming out at fourteen, I think you said um, that yeah. must have been quite difficult, especially if you're saying that in Australia there there isn't very much trans representation, not much understanding about what it means to be trans. That that can't mm. have been easy coming out at such a young age. Yeah, um, it. I think coming out as anything um, other than you know straight this is difficult uh being trans i think it's it's a very unique experience and Mm. um a lot of the time a quite a difficult one but with that being said i have the amazing support of my family and friends and that was always unwavering uh even at a young age uh even at 14 so um though it was difficult and trying to socially navigate you know this new area um it was yeah, it was difficult, but it was e- made easy through the support of my friends and family. Um, yeah, how's your um, your school been? By which I mean the the teachers, like the head teachers, because I've read awful stories of uh, British trans teens who've got the support of their parents, support of friends, but the schools just won't acknowledge that they're trans and actually sometimes continue to misgender them, and it's horrifying. Was your school supportive? Has it yeah. been receptive? That is absolutely heartbreaking to hear, and it's quite common. Um, I have never experienced that because within the administration of my school, they were extremely supportive. Um, they were, I, oh, I think I went to school, told them I was trans, my parents informed them, that sort of, you know, fun time. Um, and then everyone was like, okay, cool. You know, what's your new name? What are your pronouns? How can we facilitate you and respect you? Uh, and also include me. So I think my school did an amazing job really of including yeah. me, but also being like respectful to my needs as a trans person and navigating bathrooms and uh, locker rooms and those sorts of things. I think, yeah, I have never experienced that. And though I've never experienced it personally, I've been very lucky and very privileged that I haven't but I also know it's a, a very common thing. Is, is, is that why, you know, because you have had so much support from everyone around you, is that why you wanted to become a voice in the community? Because, you know, you know that there are other people out there who weren't as lucky as you. Is that is that why you decided to, you know, get involved and to try and make a difference yourself? Definitely. Um, so I've always sort of put it down to, there are a lot of young trans kids out there who don't, have the opportunities that I have um, or you know I was very very lucky and able to start taking testosterone when I was um, 17 and you know that's not even a possibility for a lot of kids yeah uh, so I'm like I'm okay cool that's a privilege um, and because of that yeah I do I was like all right cool I'm in this position let me give back let me try and do something mm. with this yeah and and the book you contributed to it's um it's called trans exploring yeah. gender identity and gender dysphoria um to, yeah. I, and i think i think gender dysphoria is something that there's so little education around and i think there's such a massive lack of understanding around and i think a mm. lot of kind of transphobia is is rooted in the fact that people don't 
understand that. So do you think it's like really important to try and yeah. educate the masses? You know, not just the LGBT plus community, but you know, educating your your average you know straight cis person out there. You know what that really means. Yeah, exactly. There are so many misconceptions about being trans and what being trans is. Um, and this book really, really, really tries to fight against these common misconceptions and um, highlight the fact that, yeah, we're normal people and this is our experiences, this is who we are, um, so on and so forth. Uh, because through understanding comes appreciation and respect, and that's sort of what we're going for. We want you know, to be respected as human beings and as trans people. And, and, and what was your contribution to the book? Did you share your personal story or provide you know, extra background? Yeah, so I was one of three um, trans contributors to this book. I wrote one chapter and I was pretty much just um, talking about my story and um, sort of making a commentary on um, growing up as a trans kid in Australia and sort of giving that personal insight to the book that um, I think, you know, was a bit needed. Um, there's been lots of cases where people have tried to make these really amazing resources for trans people and, you know, the everyday human being, um, but they just haven't made it a personal story. They've tried to make it very analytical and those sorts of things, and I, I think it's a bit of a hit and miss in those scenarios. Sure. And, and why do you think um, Australia feels kind of behind? Because, you know, like Australia is, you know, Sydney Mardi Gras, the home of Mardi Gras and things like mm. that, so you would think it would be really really progressive so what do you think it is that makes it almost fall behind like you were saying earlier europe and and america yeah i i don't think we're necessarily necessarily behind but with that being said we're a really young nation compared to you know yeah. all these other nations um we're also really really spread out as a population we live all along the coast and these sorts of things so when you've got weird you know geographically isolated and then within our own country we're geographically isolated so we don't have a lot of opportunity to communicate to one another and find difference within our own community um and you know when when there's no challenge to social norms within small communities no change will arise so um i think in the last 15 20 years it's you know, Australia as a community, we've really, really progressed quite quickly. I think, and we're we're gradually getting up to um, global standards of acceptance um, and diversity. So, yeah. yeah, Sydney Mardi Gras is a perfect example. Yeah, um, the abolishment of the family court system is a perfect example. And even though the referendum um, it could have been done differently, yeah, same-sex marriage is now legalised. So it's really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, it definitely sounds amazing. Well, it sounds like you're making inc incredible waves, Luca, and I'm I'm personally really appreciative and, and grateful to hear that. Um, what what advice would you give to somebody who was maybe, you know, growing up trans themselves and maybe they haven't come out yet and maybe they don't have a support network around them? What what piece of advice would you give to somebody like that? Uh, oh man, it's quite a big question. <laughs> I appreciate going. it. Just put put, yeah. put you on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would definitely say be patient, you know, keep, yeah. just keep going, take it a day at a time, find acceptance within yourself, mm. like this is going to sound really cheesy, but like love yourself, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you are worthy of love and acceptance and, you know, some people not, might not think that at the time, but people change and, 
you will find your people and you will find acceptance and love yeah absolutely you know that you find you will find your people and anyone out there will there's so many people out there who are yeah. so supportive and you know it's a tragic thing when the when the people around you don't support you but and if they don't come around mm. there will be people out there in the world who will um well luca exactly. you have been amazing if if people want to kind of follow your journey and follow everything you're doing um where and how can they do that uh yeah twitter um <laughs> yeah uh i'm pretty sure it's at luca griffin yeah cool luca with a k I'm, yeah I'm pretty updated on twitter yeah awesome and the book um trans exploring gender identity and gender dysphoria is that correct yes yes where can they find that is that on amazon etc yeah yeah so it's on amazon um yeah it's really easy to access we're shipping internationally now it's yeah it'll happen very exciting i actually have a copy of it on my on my dining room table i'm very very excited to have a little read through because oh, you know, awesome. i feel like we can all we can all learn more you know even the most educated of us yeah. i feel like we we can all learn um luca I you've been agree. you've been absolutely amazing thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you thank you see you later see you what a little legend amazing like, i absolutely love it you know when um people at such a young age are yeah. taking that kind of initiative because i think you know figuring out your own figuring out your own identity is tough enough um and actually you know stepping up and saying you know i want to take other people along with me i want to help people out there is an amazing thing so uh yeah shout out to luca and if you are listening definitely do go and follow him and his journey all right what what music should we have in in luca's honor let's have a little bit of madonna <laughs> I don't even know your name. I don't know what I've signed up for for here, Nick. <laughs> We're going to play a, a, a new game that's fresh, fresh, fresh to the show today. Um, I have here um, some... Um, how's your French? I swear to God, if you're fluent in French, that's going to mess up everything. I did do French A-level, but it was a long time ago. Thank God. So rusty, let's say. Okay, rusty. Um, here I have um, a couple of phrases. Uh, hmm. Some of them are pickup lines in French. Okay. It's not like, oui, les cinema. No. They're, they're, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And some of them are not pickup lines. Some of them are just random, completely random okay. phrases. And I'm going to read them to you, and you have to figure out which are which. Um, I must apologize in advance to any French people listening. <laughs> I cannot speak French. Um, so I let the funky music go. Yes. I, won't, I won't. I'm sorry. Um, wig. <laughs> wig. Um, I, my pronunciations are going to be terrible, but we're just going to roll with it. We're just going to roll with it. Cool. Okay, so your first one. Is this a pickup line, or is this something else? Jerive de tremba ma baguette dans ta soup um he's pulling a face at me uh, like i mean it could be a really awful like double entendre like i want to put my baguette in your soup i mean Mm. that's disgusting though like i mean that's just not that's not a (laughs) sexy way of saying anything i don't know i think it's quite sexy well i want to put my baguette in your soup yeah like have you have you um read the the new movie love simon coming out i assume you've seen have you seen the movie i haven't seen it i'm seeing it on monday okay um in the the book which it's based on um which i read shortly after watching the movie um that's the way because it's about gay teenagers and that's the way the two of them communicate when it when it starts to get a little bit sexual they use the um analogy of the baguette 
quite oh. frequently. Well, I, I feel like that's more. I think it's more flattering on the person who's got the baguette than the person who's got the soup. Yeah, I wouldn't want the soup. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't, don't want to be thought of as soup. And just, I'm, I'm imagining like a really unpleasant <laughs> chicken soup, and it, it's not a good look. Um, so, what are we saying? Are we saying that this is a pickup line, or are we saying that this is? something well, it, else it almost could i mean i i could almost imagine it being a pickup line because if you think about like uh british expressions like colloquial expressions sometimes if you translated those in a different language it would just sound bizarre so maybe it is something that makes sense if you're french and like the idea of baguette and soup is kind of sexier there i don't know um, yeah i've i've heard a lot of like foreign pickup lines where you've translate them and they literally yeah, don't make something lost in translation any sense yeah um so i'm gonna say that is you know i'm gonna say fuck it it's a pickup line Correct, it is. Um, I dream of soaking my baguette in your soup. Oh my god! Um, but interestingly, um, apparently in French, that neither baguette or soup are commonly used to mean penis or vagina or anus or anything like that. Apparently, it's just, well, it's this, just this one expression. Speci- one, this one specific expression. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Oh. So there you go. Well, I've learned something new. Y- yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll try this one. I don't think it's gonna gonna work, but. Okay, your your next one is, oh god, this is going to be really hard to say. On devrait tarateur pour excess de beauté sur la voie publique. There's some, there's a French person listening, and their their ears are bleeding. Something was it something about beauty or something? And would you like it again? There's something beautiful about your public voice. Oh, well, actually, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a big clue. And actually, some of the words you got there were very, were spot on the money. So the, the word beauty and the word public are in there. You're, you're, I mean, when you're thinking about like, someone's public voice, it just makes you think of like Jeremy Corbyn or something, which to me personally isn't sexy. Although sure. I know that some people, including Alexander, have said that they find him sexy. Um, <laughs> so I think that's a, a, an expression, not a pickup line. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. <laughs> you are incorrect. Um, that meant you should be arrested for excessive beauty in public. Oh, I see. Like you're you're just way too hot to be walking. You're too around. hot to be on the streets. It's just it's, it, it ought to be illegal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> okay, your next one is. Oh God, I've lost it. Where's it gone? It's here somewhere. Okay, here we go. Um, mon erreur glisseur. Es plein del d'anglais. <laughs> I bear in mind I pronounce everything wrong there. I think so. English. Plein, yeah. I think it's like air or something. Um, something might. My... It wasn't English. No, it, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't. That was that was me pronouncing oh, it wrong. Well, I don't know then. <laughs> um, no, you were actually close with what? Air. Yeah, you were. You were on the right. Like, I, like, I don't know something about air, like you, I, I guess it, oh, like saying someone like glides through the air or something could mean they're really like elegant I don't know maybe, it's a pickup line sure. I mean, I'm, I'm shooting in the dark but yeah go for it <coughs> you're incorrect this means my hovercraft is full of eels <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't think you're going to get laid if you say no, that to somebody that's not going to work is it no. in France 100% sure that's not going to work all right, would you like another one? Yes. Because I know you love listening to me say this. <laughs> J'ai un problème avec mon portable. <laughs> Il manque ton numéro. I've got a problem with my mobile. It's lost your number. Oh, my God. Word for word. I'm... Correct. I'm... 
You blow me away with I your... didn't... I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe... Obviously, my French education was better than I thought. And obviously, my French pronunciations are just, you know, spot on here. Imagine if someone came up to you and said that to you, like, in a, in a club or something. Like, oh, I've got a problem with my mobile. It's lost your number. Like, I just <laughs> wouldn't... Like, I'd be like, fuck off. I just, like... Maybe what? if they said it in a French accent, maybe I'd find it hard. Wait, wait, okay, let's, let's talk about pickup lines for a minute. Because I've never used, like, a line ever in my life. I've never used, like, one of those tacky no, lines. No, not I. I would just go up and start a conversation or if i am trying to just go straight for the kill i'll be like hey i think you're really really pretty mm. could i give you my number and i i just think like either just have a conversation with them and treat them like a normal human or if you know it's somebody you're in a supermarket and you see somebody gorgeous and you just mm. want to see you, you want to you know go mm. in for the kill just be direct about it yeah none of these like, do people actually use pickup I, I, lines? I, yeah, I've heard of it. Like, I remember I was out once with um, uh, with some friends, and a guy came up to one of my friends, and he kind of uh, said said to my friend who's attracted who he's attracted to, "Oh, just tug on my sweater." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Tug on my sweater." Oh, no. you, literally, you know what's oh, coming, no, don't you? I do feel that it's boyfriend material. Uh, and honestly, this, this is what's really awful. My friend like cringed and was like, "That's awful," but he still went home with him at the end of the night. Mm, see, that's the thing. It's I like, think there's something about someone putting themselves out there even if it's cringe you kind of a you kind of admire them yeah and, it, and if they kind of if they if they can do it in a way that they know they're using a cheesy line they're kind of doing it a if bit ironically yeah then they're almost mocking themselves this, if somebody did come up to me actually and do that and they were doing it in kind of a playful way i, I would be like okay you're you're a bit of a knob but it, i'd be it, like yeah it, okay. honestly i think it depends so much on context like the vibes you're getting off them and honestly if some if anthony from queer eye came and did that to me i'd be like <gasps> I'd, not, I'd probably be like, so funny. Oh, my God, you're so fucking witty. Just take me home and, like, make me avocado or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it depends who it is and what the context is. I, I always, always... How late it is at night. You know, yeah. If it's 2 a.m. and the club's about to close, fuck it. I'm going to get a better offer. I always say that the, um, the only difference between something being, like, really sexy or romantic or something being, like, really cringe or creepy is whether or not you like the person yeah totally you know somebody yeah. shows up outside of your house with a big bunch of flowers if that's the guy you've got a crush on you're like texting your mate like oh my yeah. god that guy i've got a crush on is outside with flowers if it's you know you mate bob <laughs> who you're not into yeah. he's there with flowers you're like oh my god bob is such a creep like yeah. go away yeah. what are you doing bob yeah you know so Literally. i think that's important all right i have one more um pickup line or not pickup line for you um cool. here we go C'est sûr que tu n'es pas la fille la plus jolie ici, mais j'attrende la lumière. It's something like, you're not the most, you're not like the prettiest boy here, but you're the, something like that. Like, that was, that. It, it sounds a bit like backhanded, like you're not the hottest guy here, but. That, you're, you're the one left. You're also, spot on. The first part of it is. But look, so Lumiere is light, so like, but yeah. you're the most, but you, you shine the brightest or something. Is it like that or something? I don't know. No, you're wrong, but, <laughs> but I'm going to give it to you because you were so close. Uh, it's, um, you're not the prettiest person here, but I'll just turn out the light. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely a backhanded uh, compliment. Well. But if somebody said that to me, though, that that's game over. I'm not, I'm not playing. Like... Not funny. You've you've hurt my yeah, feelings. I don't think I'm, I'd not, like that. I'm not I'm not going home with you. Um, <laughs> wow. On that note, should we have a little bit more music? Awesome. Okay, this is dirty, Christina Aguilera. Yes. Ah. Dirty. Ah. Uh, 
Love Christina. Like, that song was just like... Oh, I, all, I mean, one of the best music videos of all time. Oh my God, it's incredible. If you watch it now, it's just jaw-dropping. Obviously, like the level of provocation, but also like the the creativity and the artistic values of it. It's so brilliantly realised. Like that, the whole stripped era of Christina is... Something else. Yeah. yeah, I think I was like 13 or something when that came out. And I just remember <laughs> feeling like, even though it's like Christina, a female, but just like the whole... It was just raw and sexy. And I remember being like, yeah, you know, like I'm I'm kind of into this. Yeah, it felt like she was doing something she needed to do. It was her her kind of exploring her own sexuality, which I think is relatable, whoever you are and whatever yeah. you're attracted to. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to play another game now, uh, awesome. Nick. Uh, this game is called Match Me If You Can. Uh, mm. In front of me here, I have a celebrity's dating profile. Um, <laughs> which has been taken from we, we made it up it's not a real okay. it's not a real one not real. Um, okay. I, re- I really really do wish though I had like access to every all the celebrities dating profiles because they must have them you know? isn't there an app that's just for celebrities I can't remember what it's called I think there's like a, I, I may be just making this up but I think there's like almost like a, a secret verified Tinder or uh, something I've heard of this verified Tinder yeah so where you can you can open it up to the public so that the public can see you or you can have only other verified oh. users see it um, just so you know if you have a bit of a public status about you that you're able to you know talk about that I'm being told apparently it's called Raya Raya um, don't know if that's true, but apparently, apparently that's the thing. But even I, you know, like I, I, I have quite a small presence, but even I've had, um, people say to me before, I've had people send me screenshots of my own Tinder and say, oh, somebody's, tr- somebody's pretending to be oh, you. Oh, okay. And yeah. I'm like, no, that, that's actually me. Like, why <laughs> is it so out of the yeah. realm of possibility that that's genuinely actually me? I think, I guess, cause I mean, like sometimes when I scroll through, uh, Tinder or Chappie, you do see like celebrities on them. You think, yeah. oh, is that really that person? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just think, I guess pe- we are kind of naturally kind of suspicious as someone. But then if someone was trying to, um, if someone's trying to catfish other people on Tinder, why would they pick a celebrity? It makes it so much less realistic. I guess it's more likely that it, the celebrity would be genuine if you see that person on the, on the Yeah, app. absolutely. Mm. I, was, I was chatting to um, Jake Bass once, who's a really, really big, well-known gay porn star. And he was saying that his grinder profiles constantly, constantly, constantly get reported and shut down. Ah, and he's actually spoken to Grindr and said, look, this is me. I am who I say I am. I'm trying to use this app and I really want to use this app. But you're literally shutting down my profile yeah. once a week just because people can't possibly fathom that actually that gay porn star is actually talking to yeah. them. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a porn star who goes to my gym who I... Uh, sometimes chat to and he lives just up the road from me and he's often um he's on grinder i see him and um he's like he's not a huge huge pawn star, but he's maybe got fifty thousand instagram followers or something yeah. and he's that's totally genuine it's definitely him but i guess yeah. people think oh it's not really it couldn't possibly be because he's and also he uses very like professionally shot images on his grinder sure. so it looks it doesn't it's not like him in his bathroom with a you know taking a selfie they're, yeah. like, they're proper porn <laughs> images where he I mean, it looks flawless. So yeah. that make, would, I guess, kind of ring people's alarm bells too. People think it's just too good to be yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no. Well, um, back back to the game. So mm. in front of me here, I have a, have a, I have a certain celebrity's um, dating profile. And you're going to have to try and figure out who it is from the clues from their profile alone. Cool. So your first clue is not that much of a clue. He was born <laughs> in London in 1992. So he's he's two years younger than me. He's twenty six. He's twenty six, and you did that way too quick. Just math king over here. 
<laughs> no, I, have to, I need to because if somebody honestly if someone's born very much later than that it's like okay they're far too young for me now so if someone was like 1990 what do you say 92 1992 that's okay if yeah. we're getting into like 94 it's getting a bit it's no. when it's the fact that if they're born 2000 onwards which is a thing now I mean yeah this wouldn't that's outside of my filters <laughs> but there are like there are 18 year olds out there having sex who are literally millennium babies that's that's really scary, actually. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely it's terrifying. Um, so yes, yeah, so he's he's twenty six. This gentleman. Cool. Um, your next clue is his third cousin is singer Lily Allen. Oh, you, you know your music scene as well. So. I feel like I should know who if someone who's well known is Lily Allen's third cousin. I feel like I probably should know that, but I can't think off the top of my head. I literally had no idea that that was a thing oh. until I just read it. Okay. Okay, well, maybe I'll be able to join the dots with some other stuff. Okay, your next one. Oh, I feel like, I feel like here's where you're going to get it. Okay. Um, he has won an Oscar and a Grammy. Oh, this is Sam Smith. It is, it is Do you know, I think Smith. I had, I think I'd seen that, the, the Lily Allen thing written once. And it seems unlikely because they just don't seem very... Connected in any way, shape or form. They seem very different. They, I wouldn't have thought they came from the same kind of family. I guess third cousin's quite... A, a few levels of removal. Yeah, um, but, um, yeah, that seems odd. They both have the natural singing talent, though, and you know yes. that has to be genetics. So, yeah, I guess so. Although very different voices, and I think uh, obviously Sam Smith's got an amazing soulful voice. I think Lillian's got an amazing pop voice, which sounds like I'm being shady. It's not. I think it, she's got an amazing like uh, melodic pop voice, which yeah, is rare. Absolutely. But they just—they're not similar voices. Like if Sam Smith was related to Dell, you'd be like, yeah, they're both. Got, that makes. Do sense. you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the last clue that's written down here. I know you've already got the answer, but I'm going to read it anyway. He was recently caught trying to eat the face of 13 Reasons Why Boyfriend. <laughs> I don't actually know what that is in reference to. I know he's dating somebody from I guess 13 he Reasons Why. Papped kissing his boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Good um, on Sam. Well, you did well, Nick. You, hmm. uh, you really impressed Sounds, me. Who I guess isn't on, <laughs> isn't, isn't on dating apps at the moment because he's... He's in a relationship. Yes, or maybe he is, I don't know. Hence why this whole thing is fabricated. <laughs> uh, we're going to play some more music, but before that, if you are listening at home and you want to send in your sex confessions, you can do that anonymously by emailing Callum at foobarradio.com and Nick and I will be reacting to those after. Uh, let's have a little bit of Curious. Yeah, I need a drink, whiskey and my thing, but shit is all good. Fubar Radio presents Harriet Rose. Reggie Snow joins me again on Fubar Radio. I'm very impressed with your French on Mon Amour. Yeah. And I really like the juxtaposition of it being about love, but being the real side of love. Yeah, a lot of hatred, a lot of like weirdness and f- confusion. It's just like build up like the last couple of years and all these different moments and emotions I felt. So you know, it's like, crazy because that's like my experience and then you know someone else feels it, it's like sick. Do you get people feeding back to you being like, oh, I, this is how I felt when I listened to this? this is- yeah, they take it to they take it too deep. I'm just like wow cool <laughs> wish I could help a bit more but like fuck like it, it, it's trippy you know what I mean but it's, it's sick every Thursday Harriet Rose from 4pm FUBAR Radio are you ready to read some sex confessions Nick? I am I'm, always ready I'm very very excited about this we've got a really really long one to start with so thank you to everyone who has sent in their sex confessions um, if you do want to send in more um, we can always read them out next week or whenever so you can do that by emailing callum at fubarradio.com so let's dive right into this alright the first one 
I lost my virginity to a guy who who was, I think, 17 years older than me. One day, he suggested I stayed over. I felt comfortable with him, so was more than happy to do this. It wasn't until I, until I got to his house that I felt uncomfortable. I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> As we pulled up in the driveway, he told me that he still lived with his elderly mother. Worst sex ever. After, I just couldn't fall asleep. I waited until he fell asleep and I snuck out of his house. It was 2am. I had no idea where I was. I walked for about 20 minutes so I was away from his house. I picked a random address and phoned a cab that met me on the street. Understandably, we never spoke again after that. Oh no! I'm really, oh, I'm really sorry to this person that that's how you lost your virginity. But at the same time, I'm just going to add to this that I think a lot of people put a lot of kind of like... Mm these like romantic big grand feelings on the idea of virginity and virginity isn't a thing it's it's a made-up thing and i think the fact that you kind of have this story to tell from losing your virginity in itself is kind of cool so i hope you don't feel like bad about this with your losing your virginity situation like because i think this is kind of a yeah i think i mean i'd rather have um a funny story about losing my virginity than that being the best sex ever because if your first time was the best time then it's only only downhill from only there only downhill all the way so yeah I think that's fine I mean yeah I can't I mean I guess some people must have an amazing first time but I can't imagine that many do no like I feel like I mean I, I am going to say though like my my first time it wasn't the best sex ever it was mm. kind of like mediocre average sex um, but I will um, also like to add to that that it my first time didn't hurt and I like oh. to I like to always make that point because I think there's a lot of people, you know, the first time you have sex, it's going to hurt so much. And I think all that does is make people nervous about it. So then they go into having sex for the first time and they're all tense and they're all like, oh my God, this is going to hurt. And that's what what causes it to hurt. You know, you need to relax. And so it doesn't, it doesn't always have to hurt, but I I don't think anyone's first time is going to be the best sex ever. No, it's always going to be a little bit awkward because, and uh, that, thing of not quite knowing what you're, is this right is it should i be doing this yeah. that kind of you're going to be self-conscious basically it'd be like going to play a game of football never having played football yeah. before and expecting to be david beckham <laughs> like it's n- it's not gonna happen i mean i'm still not david beckham i'm gonna be honest there's, <laughs> there's gonna be balls flying all over the place yeah. you're not gonna know what's happening that's <laughs> basically gonna be the situation um i feel this person's disappointment though in kind of like yeah. um meeting somebody 17 years older and they must have been thinking, oh, you know, yeah. like an older gentleman. And then to find out he still lives with his elderly mother, which which is fine. But, you know, I think I would be kind of picturing like a pretty well-off guy living in some luxury flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry this went so badly for you. But um, I'm sure you've had loads of great sex since then. And that's what matters. Would you like to read the next confession, Nick? Festivals are such a great time for me. I love meeting new people, and the drunk sex is amazing. Roll on summer. What one hundred percent could not agree more I think with this. It's that I think when you're when you're camping over at festival, you're staying like a festival is like a kind of it's a bubble, obviously, and it's like an yeah. anything goes atmosphere, isn't it? Like, it totally. I feel is, like people yeah. hook up at festivals who wouldn't hook up in any other any walk other of life. situation. It's, 
it's just a special environment where everyone's much more kind of relaxed and receptive and open-minded and yeah it feels like it's an anything can happen space i feel like nobody's in a bad mood at a festival no exactly. everyone goes to the festival everyone's at the, in the best mood they can possibly be they're seeing their favorite musicians perform they're having a great time with their friends they're having a few drinks maybe dabbling in a few drugs mm. they're, they're having fun they're having a good time and yeah, and and everyone is kind of just open-minded. Yeah, and... I think, I mean, if you think about, I mean, we know this in, uh, uh, in the gay community. When you go on an app, people have so many preconceptions about what they find attractive. Um, you know, they've got to be tall, they've got to be this age, they've got to be yeah. this ethnicity. Unfortunately, lots of people on uh, dating apps can be really, really racist. I think at festivals, you that kind of hopefully mostly goes out the window and you're just most much more open-minded just connecting with someone whoever they are like, you, you, wherever they came from you go with who you're vibing with yeah exactly and i mean speak speaking of um the you know the issue about racism mm. on dating apps and it, and it is such a huge problem you know people going on grinder and saying no blacks no asians and horrible horrible things like that i honestly think people like the festival example is the perfect perfect example people need to genuinely open their minds yeah, up totally. to people that they don't think that they're attracted to um and you know i have a i have an example that i like to use of this all the time um once upon a time when i was much much younger and a lot more ignorant and a lot more uneducated i used to kind of be in there you know i'm i like white guys like white guys mm. is my thing and then i went out to live in asia and suddenly i was surrounded by all these beautiful asian men and i was like I've been closing myself yeah. off to this because I have this preconceived notion in my head that I only like white guys. And it's so problematic, but it comes from if we just open our mind a little bit, we see that like it doesn't matter. Like There are beautiful people out there. Well, it comes from the image of beauty that we've been shown growing up, which yeah. is that it's uh, a white guy who's got a totally ripped body because it's forced down our yeah exactly throats. so it's we've been kind of that's what we've been fed so that's what we've taken them on board and you just need to have that moment when you think that's fucking bullshit yeah absolutely and like the i mean the i guess there are certain things uh physically that i like about a person but like the people i've dated have not been anything like what i thought my what i ever thought my type was i don't think i have a type really but if i did have to put that down that's not who i've actually had a proper connection with yeah i at all. i say i have a type and then i'm like I'm telling all my friends what my type is and then next minute they'll see me in a club with somebody who couldn't <laughs> be more opposite to that or i'm like oh i'm dating this guy and they're just like the complete opposite to what yeah. my type is i think I, I i don't know if i believe in like having a type like yes i understand that people are drawn to a certain yeah. look and things like that but like i think to put it in your head don't tell yourself you have no, a type because no. it's only boxing you in exactly exactly um so the idea of like everyone opening up at music festivals and just like uh, i like that yeah I, i'm really excited for music festival season now it's like, a special it's a special environment it's a special time and i feel like us, us gays really appreciate it oh yes, we, certainly we have a good time <laughs> <laughs> all right would you like to read another one nick Yes. Here you go. Mustard is my favourite condiment. I think I will use it in the bedroom. Do you guys like mustard? I love mustard. No, I don't love mustard. Why am I lying? I love I, a bit of mustard on a hot dog. Beautiful. <laughs> if you're cooking, like you're making like a nice pork joint, like get that rubbed down with a bit of mustard. Love it. Put mustard anywhere near my genitalia <laughs> i swear to god like that is it's it's a spicy thing yeah i mean but could it like i haven't put mustard on my dick so i don't know but you know there's really that, you, uh, amazing <laughs> but you know there's that mint shower gel that tingles yes. no 
there's, get it there's, away there's, from there's, me. There's, you know, no, no, I know it, and I. You don't like that. See, I find that quite pleasurable. I hate so maybe. It. I hate it. Oh, okay. Well, you wouldn't want this, but maybe mustard could give a similar kind of sensation. I don't know. Um, do you know those? They they make those tingle lubes. Oh yes. Um, and I remember we're we're going to back to when I was like twenty years old, so like seven eight years ago. Um, but I remember my ex using a tingle lube on me, and it was the most. Oh. oh, I hated it so, <laughs> so much. And like, to me, it's unfathomable to how anyone can enjoy it. But if you're enjoying a bit of the I like a, I like shower a, gel. I like a cinnamon lube, which is not quite full cinnamon, tingle. Bit, it's semi-tingle. Yeah, semi-tingle. Yeah, I've, I've, the, the, the heat yeah. kind of ones. Yeah I, I, yeah, I can get on board with those. I can get on <laughs> but board it's not full-on tingle. Yeah, not, not a fan of the tingle. Um, so to answer your question, um, I like mustard. Do you like mustard, Nick? Uh, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I'd give it a go once. But not on your dick. Uh, it depends who asked me to. Oh, okay. So Nick's open to it. I'm saying absolutely never. Unless I'm like in love with a guy and he's like the one thing I want to yeah, do exactly. is lick mustard off your dick. Well, if this guy's like the, mo- the most attracted you've ever been to a person who's like, I'm really sorry, I've got a kink and it's mustard. You'd be like, oh, fuck it. I'll go. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like- yeah, like Sean Mendes approaches <laughs> me and he says, look, bottle of mustard. Are you in or you're out? I'm, I'm in. 100% in. <laughs> Last year, I slept with my mum's friend. He's male. No one knows we slept together. Never mind the fact that he's gay. I am so good at keeping secrets. Until now, I guess. Ooh, I used to have a crush on... My mum doesn't listen to this show, thank God. I used to have a crush on one of my mum's friends. Um, she lives in another country and she likes to hang out with gay guys in their 20s. I, it's just what she likes to do. She sounds like most of my friends. Yeah, she, she's she's great time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I once had a crush on my mum's friend but I never I never went there um, but you you did go there and good for you yeah well done well done shout out to you <laughs> um, we'd like to read the next one Nick yes uh, hello first time listener here I'm a young gay man who's just moved to London I'm not into clubbing that much more bars and other more chill social situations do either of you have any tips on how to meet both friends and guys without going to GAY it's uh, I'm going to I'm going to be honest and say that it's actually really, really difficult. And I find it frustrating that there aren't very many gay or LGBT plus spaces um, outside of kind of the, the gay world and the clubbing scene. Um, when I first moved to London, I befriended a drag queen who mm. I met in G.A.Y. <laughs> and and that kind of opened up a whole world of friends to me. And then we did other, other things yeah. that r- happened outside of a club. But I, I fully, fully appreciate how difficult it is and i mean there are gay spaces i mean there's an amazing bookshop called gay is the word which has amazing history and i go there all the time and just i like i like to support it i like to buy books from there and i have got chatting to a couple of guys in there before so if you're into reading that's maybe a good place to check out but i I, I, i'm kind of struggling with what twitter i make all my friends on yeah that's a good a good point i mean i think it depends what you're particularly into but there are social networks uh, for gay people in London that aren't totally based around uh, alcohol and going out, um, there are there's a, a really big gay running group that meets a yeah. few times a week, and it's all levels. You don't have to be a really good runner. There's uh, yeah. if you're into gaming, there's LDN the gamers. gamers. Yeah, yeah, there are. I think go on Twitter, uh, f- follow people who um, follow like people who are like 
gay and from London, and you'll find out that there are social networks that aren't totally based on the whole kind of going out thing. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's so there's as you mentioned the gamers, the runners. There's also football, football there's rowers, there's, there's swimming. swimming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's all different kinds of niches, and I think those either you know you can make friends online or you can use the internet to kind of find these groups of people who wanna hang out and stuff so it is possible but i i also do appreciate that it is frustrating because yeah i think the go-to is is a, is a gay bar you want to find gay people you go to a gay bar so i, I appreciate that frustration this person's tapped into like a, a real problem in london and there actually there are some people trying to set up a, a an lgbtq social space in east london that isn't based on going out because going out is prohibitive because you might find that situation intimidating if you haven't got a lot of money you don't want to be buying drinks yeah you might not want to drink so it's really important to have a place where you can kind of go for free and just hang out and not spend a lot of money not have to get drunk not have to crack on to someone absolutely okay we have one last one last year at my prom i had sex in my best friend's brother's bed i lied to her face the next day and told her me and my girlfriend fell asleep we used her bro's belt to tie each other up. No, you did not. Oh, my God. I love and adore you for doing that. He's going to be walking around with that belt, not having any idea what went on there. Um, I think that's incredible. All I can do is is say you're amazing, and I think you're the best person I've ever heard, ever. Go you. <laughs> um, Nick, that brings us to the end of our show. That's it. That's it. No. That's, that's the end. You're having such a good time. I was really enjoying myself. <laughs> like, Get out the door. Just go. <laughs> Leave. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, you've been an amazing guest. Oh, it's been you. really I've good. I've had a really good time. Um, you've brought a lot of good, interesting points, and I really, really respect that. If people want to uh, follow you on social media or just find out what you do in general, how can they do that? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Mr. Nick Levine. So just MR Nick Levine beautiful like that and everyone should definitely go and follow you yes well thank you so much and we will see you very very soon if you enjoyed this podcast please don't forget to rate and review us on itunes